Father, as we sit in this moment with the world all around us, it all grows strangely dim. It all grows strangely dim. There are no distractions in you, Lord. In you is complete peace. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the King of Peace. The Father of Peace. You are peace. And we love you, Lord. Thank you for meeting us here. Thank you for meeting us here, Father. You didn't have to. We are so fortunate to have you. We love you, Lord. And we do all of this in your name. Amen. Hug somebody next to you. They need it. Mean it when you do it. And then you could be seated. Ooh. Phil to change the. I'm going to go to the. Uh, man. I typed out in my phone a text to send to you to come today. And I deleted it. It's the Lord. I'm so glad to see you. There is just nothing else. And there is no one else but the Lord. We have tried so hard to experience God. What is that? Oh, they're glitching. Phil, TVs are glitching. Well, I'm not back there. You want to turn the volumes down on them and they can glitch and probably help. That's awesome. Yeah. It's not a, it, to me, this type of stuff is not a surprise. Um, we can we can try and treat things as as if they're small, but there is something God is doing in this place right now. Um, he is he is not only is he speaking, but he is exposing. He's not just speaking, he's exposing. He's revealing to all of us, even through that where our hearts are. It just, I'm being honest with you. If the spirit of the, of the Lord is here, is there anything else to look at? Would you really, in the presence of God, look away? I mean, would you, in the presence of God, thank you, Lord, that you are not like man who loses focus and that you are living in us to keep us focused. Seriously. 
I know many of us, and I'm, I, you know, um, I'm about to go down a road here because I feel the anointing of the Lord. But <clears throat> I know when we talk like I know people, right, quote, unquote, or when we say there are those, or when we say somebody says or people say, when we, when we talk like this, I know we're guilty of it. We're guilty of it. That when we say people do this, we've done it. It's, very, it's wrong for me if I'm going to preach about anything to not include myself in what I'm preaching. But you will hear people constantly inserting their ideas of others without putting themselves in the picture. But here's the reality. Every one of us without Christ is lost. And if I'm going to be anointed to preach about anything that is not of the Lord, if you can't just turn the TVs off, anything that is not of the Lord, I can't do it without realizing that I am that without the Lord. And if I don't tell you that, then it's wrong for me. Otherwise, I'm being pompous, I'm being a bigot, I'm being arrogant, and I can't do that because I am just as guilty as trying to manufacture God or create an a, a emo, emotional experience with God just as you are and just as anybody else is. As a matter of fact, it, we are all guilty of even participating in that false reality. That I want to come and feel the Lord. No, I want to know the Lord. Feelings and knowing are two completely different things. And I'm being honest, there are people here now, today, that was drawn here because you want to feel something. And I pray God don't allow it. That you would not base anything on what you feel, but you would base it on the revelation of Jesus Christ and what you know. That God himself would come to you and show you who he really is. There is no such thing as minorities in the kingdom. There is no such thing as majorities in the kingdom. There is only God. There is only Him. There is only the kingdom. There is none of this man-made stuff. He just doesn't stop being God. So I am serious. The flesh right now is... It's like, yo, get me out of this thing. It, I don't want, your flesh is freaking out. And some of us have been walking with God enough to know that it doesn't have power because we've been free from that power. Amen. But it doesn't mean it ain't freaking out. This is what I'm saying, that to act as if though I'm in Christ, that I'm completely free from this flesh that I'm wrapped in, in the sense that I'm not going to feel it, I'm not going to experience, is a lie. This thing is a na- it has a nature of itself. Here's the good news. It's not greater than God. It's just not greater than God. You don't need to feel that to know that. How do you feel that anyway? How do you feel that God is greater than your flesh? How, what does that feel like? Anybody? <laughs> but does it have a feeling? I mean, really, does it, is there a particular feeling you could say, that's it right there. That's what it feels like to know that God is greater than your flesh. There's not. It's called faith. And that faith is God's too. Has anybody ever had, like, you read the scripture and you get a revelation? You did that or God did that? But once we get it, we act like we did it. 
This is why people use the Bible as a weapon. The Bible's not a weapon. You're not to wield it and say, but this is what the Bible says to be right because now you got a revelation. That's not why God gave you revelation. That's not why God's opened himself up to us. And so then we can walk around and tell the world how much we know. Oh, no. Revelation is given that you might be humbled and undone before the Lord. He gives you revelation so you go, oh, I'm such a wretch. That's all revelation. Even when you're saying God is good, it is reflecting back to you how bad you are. Like, that's holy. I'm not holy. God is holy. And there's this constant realization. It's so funny because even the flesh, I can hear it. The flesh is like, but you're all emotional. You're sweating. There's all kinds of stuff happening. I mean, that's no man looks on the. Yeah, the man does that. Come on, help me because I'm walking in the spirit right now. My flesh might be present in this room, but my heart is in the spirit. I'm giving you the truth. And the truth sets us free. So don't look at the short, chubby Mexican guy, right? (laughs) Seriously, listen to the voice of the Lord. I don't want you to just feel me. I want you to know me. There's a difference. We're talking about God's view of things. This is what we started on. And last week, we talked a little bit about that foundation and just understanding that when Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan, that was a declaration to everyone. He said, you're a dangerous trap to me. You're merely looking at things from a human view, not God's view. On the way here, you were calculating. You were reasoning. Amen. No. Speaking to, you were reasoning. You're in your flesh, warring constantly with what God is trying to show you and what you think you know. That is a constant battle happening right now even. But you tell yourself with your windows down and everybody listening, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) And they're going to say, who are you talking to? Myself. You're crazy. Yeah, for God. For God. If I look crazy, it's for God. Is that not what Paul said? But if I'm in my right mind, it's for you. He's saying, I don't care. Get behind me, flesh. And I'm going to tell you something. No one can say that in their self. So you might have knowledge of what I'm saying right now. You might might hear what I'm saying. You're like, okay, I get it. it. It's not about you getting it. It's about you knowing it. Do you see the splitting of the hair there? That that one thing says, I get it. It wants to grasp it and take credit. The other is, oh, Lord, you know. You know. You know. You know. Because you know. It ain't even that I would know. Do you hear this? This sounds totally like you're in an argument with somebody and they're going in circles. (laughs) They're like trying to break you down. Yes, this is what God is trying to do. Let me give you a sword and tell you not to use it. Let me give you a will and tell you not to use it. Let me give you a people and tell you not to own them. Let me give you a life and have you lay it down. This is the entire process of God, that I would give you everything that could make you feel like you're in control only to give it to me. Because you're not in control. Help me. 
Because when we're looking at it from God's view, things don't make sense. Has anybody, can you really look at your life if you've been walking with God and make any sense of your life right now? Seriously. Any sense. I mean, you can make, well, that makes sense because no, it makes absolutely no sense. That's why you don't live by your common sense. The spirit of God does not operate like man. Okay, Pastor Tony, I get it. It's not about you getting it. It's about you knowing it. But when you say you know it, it's not you saying I know, it's you saying you know, Lord. That's how you know. <laughs> when, when Paul literally said, I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do and I know there's this war going on in my flesh because it's not really me sinning, but it's the sin in me that's sinning. Let me just get back over there. And re- this is what I'm saying. It's not about you getting it. It's about you knowing it. But it's not about you saying I know, it's about you saying you know. And that's how you know. But it's the truth, what I'm saying. And only those who are surrendered to Christ receive what I just said. Otherwise, it sounds like a bunch of gibberish. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Everything Jesus said sounds nuts. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. Kill your family. (laughs) Who is my mother? Who is my father? Only those that do the... I mean, everything Jesus said is insane. This is why the world without the spirit calls us crazy. They really do. Like you follow this whole false. If you have the spirit living within you. He gives you the desires. It is not you anymore. Now I feel like the ground has been beat up. This is good. Because now we can plant. But we had to uproot some tear, right? Some wheat, weeds. We had to get them out. Because we have to plant the word of God. And we know what the word has taught us, what Jesus himself has said, that when the seed is scattered, it falls amongst certain grounds. Rocky ground and thorny ground. And it's, it's, it's coming against the world. It doesn't really matter what part of the world. The world is not greater than God. And he decides what ground is going to take the seed. Amen which he calls good. And we have to break up that ground and uproot those weeds and do everything that God is asking us to do and then give the word so it can do what it needs to do. I'm not here to convince anyone of my beliefs. Man, this is totally the spirit of the living God right now. Like literally that just... If you haven't been here before, when God moves like this, trust me on this, he's speaking directly to somebody. It will seem like it's all over the place, but it's exactly where God wants it to be to do the work that God is asking us to do. We are not here to have a service. We're here to win souls. We're here to keep people who are in Christ from falling away. So if I got to spend five minutes on something over here and then God takes me over here, we got to do what God is leading us to do. But I just said it right now. I'm not here to convince anyone of my beliefs. That thought is from the pit of hell. You should cast it out. This is the truth. And only God can reveal to you that it's true. I, it doesn't matter how much I yell, how much I preach. It don't, I cannot convince anyone of who Jesus Christ really is. Nobody. Nobody. 
I can't convince you. I'm sorry, my brother or sister, whoever. I don't, I don't know why God's not giving me the name again. This has been really weird. Like, he usually gives me the person. But for some reason, lately, he's been leaving it totally ambiguous for me. He's just saying, say this, and, and that's it. And I don't know why. I don't know why. But may the Lord's will be done. Right now. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for having your way. Man. Oh, I'm really trying. That's your fault, Jeff. Um, just go to Matthew 4. We'll get there in just a second. Are we recording right now? Like audio? Okay. Let it, let it record. Who cares? Somebody, mm, man, this is, this, is, this is good. I don't know why homosexuality keeps coming up, but I got to talk on it. There is no sin that is happening in people's lives that you should isolate on. There's, there's no sin that you should focus on and say that's their problem. I literally sense that you, there's somebody in here right now that had a family member that's dealing with this particular issue and you keep asking yourself this question about homosexuality. You keep on bringing it, it comes up. And you wonder, how do I reach them? How do I speak to them? How do I? You do nothing. There is no scripture you're going to point them to that's going to do the work. It is only Christ. So you do not isolate sin in somebody's life. It's the flesh. And unless they are able to see their flesh, they won't see any of their sin. And you can't make them see the flesh. God is the one that does that work. So give your family member over to the Lord. Stand firm in your faith that you don't believe and trust in that because that's a work of the flesh. And pray for them and love them where they are. Amen. Glory to God, man. He is so present right now. He is speaking. He is reading our hearts and reading our minds. It's awesome what God is doing right now. Right now. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us where we are. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us where we are. Stephanie, what's your husband's name? Robert. When you walked by me, I'm just going to tell you right now, you need to praise the Lord in your home. You need to, you need to create an atmosphere of praise in your home. You come here wanting what God wants to give you in your home. You'll get it here too, but God wants to give it to you in your home. He wants a personal relationship with the two of you in your home. Your home needs to become a house of prayer, a house of worship. You want all those demons to flee? You want the demonic forces to stop acting the way they are? You turn your home into a house of worship for God. There is, a, there is a serious attack that has been happening, but I'm telling you, it is not above God. He stopped me, and I prayed for you when you went to drop off your children. And I'm coming even now, and I'm declaring it before everybody here so you would see that we're standing in agreement with the work of God on your life. This is not about being pointed out inside of a church building. You are already acknowledged before the Lord. You are already present before God, and he is meeting your need, and you don't even know it. Robert, there is such a calling on your life, bro, to serve and to love people. that you don't. I mean, it's like, it's like bottled up inside of you, bro. You just haven't had the ability to get it out. 
And it's not going to come out unless you do the thing that God is saying to do. Make your house a house of worship. You know, a lot of us can say, well, isn't that a word that applies to everybody? Yes, it is. But it means so much when it comes on time. It means so much when the word of God meets you on time. When you've literally been asking questions and the answer comes. Amen? Glory to God, man. His presence is so thick right now. Like if you got any hidden sin, you should just leave. (laughs) That thing might be called out right now. Glory to God. And if it is the Lord's will to call it out, do it, Lord. Because God does not expose for our harm. He does it so we can be free. Woo, glory to God. Man, I feel the presence of the Lord. It is finished. Just say that. It is finished. This should be a phrase that you get used to saying every day. Put it on your mirror in your car. Put it on your mirror at home. Put it on a reminder in your phone. Let it ding you every hour. Whatever you got to do to get this in your spirit, that it is finished. Amen. We live in a time where people are working to try to finish something. When you don't realize you have been blessed with a finished work. Huh? It's totally different to go about your life and about your day from a place that's already done. You guys ever had everything in order at the house? Everything right where it should be? And then you work from where everything should be? Isn't it nice? Isn't it nice to find the silverware in the rack? (laughs) There's nothing worse than saying, I need a fork and they're all dirty. Especially when you're like me and I'm not eating till one o'clock and I'm like starving at 1230. I'm like, where's the fork? Oh my God, they're all dirty. I mean, but when it's in its right place, when things are finished, when they're where they should be, you go, "Ah." then tell me why if that's real in the natural, we don't see that in the spiritual. As if God has an unfinished work? Does our God who we serve have a work that still needs to be finished? Or was it finished already on the cross? It is done. The enemy will come and get you to think that you have something else to do. There is nothing more to do other than what's already been done. You're handling a finished work. It would really suck. It would really be like a disappointment if you went to barbecue with half a tongue. Right? Or you had half a grill (laughs) or half a propane tank. It would really suck to walk into a relationship with God only to know you only have half the truth. God loves you. God wants to bless you. God wants to keep your body healthy. God wants you to read seven books a week so you can better your life. Half the truth is no truth. Can God use books? Yes, that's what's in the Bible. These are called 66 books. But does God need it to, you, to, to reach you? No, because they were writing it. So it's clear that God doesn't need the Bible to be God. 
And you don't need the Bible to experience God. Ooh, I just got crucified online. I can hear him already coming. He's just, oh my God, he's just totally out there, man. I can't Trolling. God doesn't need anything to be God. And when they were experienced, the Lord writing letters to one another, they had, they had no idea we would be holding their letters in our hands. They didn't know it. But we are. Glory to God. And he's doing it again in you. Amen. Say, it is finished. The work is finished, brothers and sisters. I'm not here to preach a really good sermon and get you motivated in the flesh to go take on the world. I'm here to declare to you that Jesus Christ has done it. And it is time for you to stop working for the Lord. Man, that sounds total contrary to what the Bible... It's time for you to stop working for the Lord. As if you're going to earn status with the Lord. It's time for you to start working from the Lord. That everything He wants to do would be done through you. That there would be an overflow of Christ through you. Amen. Because it's finished. If you could pray hard enough to get an answer, you wouldn't need Jesus. If you could read long enough to get an answer, you wouldn't need Jesus. If you could worship long enough to experience God, you wouldn't need Christ. Christ is the prayer. Christ is the worship. It sounds crazy because it's like, how many times am I going to hear the name of Jesus? You shouldn't get tired of his name. It is finished. Isn't it awesome when you have the answer to everything? But we treat like we don't. (laughs) Do you not have the answer to everything in Christ? Hmm. Jesus said this. Man. The kingdom of heaven is like two sons. The father says to the first son, go. Tend to the field. He says, no problem. And he turns around and doesn't do it. The second son, he says, go tend to the field. He goes, nah, I'm good. He gets convicted. And he goes and does it. One is in the flesh. One is in the spirit. One wants his own way. Wants to appear loyal. Is that not your flesh? The one that, the part of you that says, I'll do that, never gets to it? Or the part of you that overpromises and underdelivers? Or the part of you that sets the expectation on everybody else that you can't even live up to? And then the other one is in the spirit. It's like, nah, man, I'm good. But turns around and does it. And that's you going, Father, I just, you're right, just, I'm just no good. I'm struggling here. I'm just, I'm just, and the Lord is with you and he convicts you and you do it and you go, thank you, Lord, for helping. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. This room is totally split. And it's splitting you in half. It's not even amongst each other. You are being literally cut in half by the word of God right now. And he is showing you the side of you to put no confidence in. And he's showing you the part you should put all confidence in. We put no confidence in the flesh because that is undone. There is nothing finished there. It's, it works tirelessly trying to feel better about itself. But in Christ, we have complete peace knowing there's nothing else to do. 
And everything that comes from that place is a glory to God. All right. Can we move on, Lord? Word. It is finished. Matthew chapter 4. Other than Christ, do we have any hope, brothers and sisters? Is there any other hope that you could say that is outside of the Lord Jesus Christ? Is there any other hope? Any? Does your body get tired? Does it grow weary? Does it, get, does it grow weary in wanting to serve the Lord? Does your flesh want to quit? I really, really love, don't hate me, Dutch bros. And I love their rebel drinks. I love them. I love caffeine. Let me just say that. I love caffeine. And I look forward to having caffeine. It's something that I look forward to. But you know what happens when I have caffeine? I crash. Every single time. And what do I do when I crash? More caffeine. (laughs) Your flesh is crashing. And it wants something to pick me up. And I had a conversation with somebody the other day and I said these words, and this was the Spirit of God, because other than Christ, we have no hope, right? The work is finished in the Lord. And I said, this prosperity message, this, this, this false message, which there's many false Jesuses out there, but we're going to talk predominantly about the prosperity message because that's the message that they've been poisoning people with for I don't even know how long, that God wants you to treat him like a, like a, like a, a person who you can exchange things with. I can give you a dollar, you give me $10. Like I, We are in, that's so ridiculous. It is the most ridiculous gospel, and it leaves people trying again and again and again and again and again. And no matter how much they see trouble, no matter how much they have loss in their life, they do it again and again, and they keep giving because they want a blessed life on earth. I'm serious. Like That message is so destructive, and it's totally counter-Christ. Christ does not ever put an emphasis on this life like that. His whole message is eternal life. Eternal life. And I said, when you go back and try the prosperity message again, it's like a drug addict. They know the drug is no good. They know that every time they come off of the drug, they're they're missing another tooth. They know that every single time they go back to that drug and come back, they're just a little bit more old and aged and they're only 30, they look 50. Like when they're sober, they realize the damage of the drug, but what happens? They're hoping it'll just do what they were hoping the last time and they go back and, and that's the cycle. And so that's what people do in prosperity. They're like, yeah, you know, I, I get it, but God, they say don't grow weary and they give again and they pervert the message of Jesus Christ in order to try to obtain something that they will never take with them. It's fading, Right? And I said, no, God is saying, wake up, come out from among them and be separate. Do not depend on any other message than the message that's already finished. Amen. Because the other message makes it seem like there's more to do and there's nothing more to do. In Matthew chapter four, starting in verse one, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Who led him there? Anybody ever been tempted? You ever blame the devil for the temptation? Probably every time, right? Get 
get behind me, devil. And you're literally facing the Lord because he led you there. But would God lead me into temptation? Are you in the world? Are you in that flesh? Then you've already been led there. Whoo, man, I feel the... I almost put my Randy voice on for a second. I was talking like Alabama. But anyway, <laughs> oh, man. Jesus is led by the Spirit to be tempted, right? Watch this. I said it is finished. For how long? For 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and became very hungry. Now, just a little side note, a false prophet would tell you. That means at the age of 40, you... Right now, write a, do- a check for $40. This is crazy what they have made the gospel. The reality of it is, this is the work of the Lord. That even for the 40 days, that had significance for what needed to take place. When you are being tempted, you are weakest at your weakest. And me and Jeff had a moment yesterday when we went to, I, I went to, down to the bank to add them because so, they're going to help take over the food and do things. And I went down to the bank and we ran into this bank teller that was just in the flesh. For some reason, the spirit that was in him did not like the spirit that was in me. And it was a moment where I was extremely hungry. <laughs> and anybody who knows me that when I'm hungry, I'm like, oh, snap, <laughs> right? And it's just the flesh. The flesh gets weak and you don't want to argue when you're, hun- when you're hungry. Because <laughs> you're, like, you're like real sensitive. You're like, what'd you say to me? <laughs> and the flesh is like, Ugh, right? And Jesus was at the end of his, his flesh and, and he begins to get tempted. He had no food for almost 40 days. And in this moment, he was led there by the Lord to be in this place of weakness and watch this. But Jesus, and and he says this, during the time the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Do you see the prosperity message in that? Do you see the temporary temptation? Do you see what he's doing to Jesus? If you are hungry, just simply, just do just do something make something out of nothing turn the stone into bread get to work if you're hungry go to work make money pay for some groceries and you'll eat but we serve a god who called who has caused manna to come down from heaven and feed his people We serve a God who causes shoes to never wear out. But we will never here depend on that God. We'll say, you can't help anyone unless you help yourself. We'll put all the focus on the man. And here he is. Just turn the stone into bread and you can eat. It's that simple. Just put the focus on you. And your hunger and your need. Oh, somebody help me right now. You know, you don't realize that when you're in the point of need, you're at the greatest point of breakthrough in Christ. You don't. And you keep asking God to meet your need instead of be the need. 
Like God brings you to this place of need how many times in your life and you're like wanting the need to be met, but you're unable to see that there's a greater need being met in that moment. And it's the words of our Lord. He said, what? No. Man, when is the last time you needed some food in your cupboards? You said, no, I'm not taking food right now. And I'm going to speak to the moms. When's the last time you turned to the Lord when you looked at your children and saw that they were hungry and you decided to take it upon your own strength to say, I'm going to feed them. And the worst thing that can happen is you actually think you accomplished that. Who puts the seed in the hand of the sower? So who puts the bread in the hand of a mother? Who gives you the ability to do anything? Are you getting here with me right now? Because it's finished. It's finished. If you're not careful, you're going to think I'm saying that moms shouldn't feed their kids. (laughs) And those in the flesh, they're like, see, I knew it. (laughs) He's telling them to starve their kids. (laughs) I'm telling you not to take the glory for feeding your kids. I'm telling you to stop trusting your human effort and realize that if God gives it to you, it's because God gave it to you. Help me right now. You can't keep yourself healthy and you can't get yourself sick. Oh, we hate this message. I just, ooh, I love it though because I know that God is having his way. You can't get yourself sick. You're already sick. You can't get yourself healthy. That belongs to God. So whether God strike you dead or give you life, glory to God. This is so important because he said, no. You're like, man, I've never heard three verses be preached for 45 minutes. I'm just saying we'll stay on the no as long as we need to stay here. What did he say? The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. So what he's saying is I acknowledge that my body needs food. God is not telling you to disengage from that. But he's also not telling you to depend on it. So God is not telling you to trust in it. God is not telling you to say, feed your body so you can have a long life. He's saying, recognize that true life doesn't come by feeding the body. And we're like, man, this is like elementary. You need it right now. I'm, I'm on the chalkboard. One plus one equals and i'm drawing real slow you're like god get to it brother i'm equal christ (laughs) think about it he said man doesn't live on bread alone but every word that comes from what the mouth of god so what did jesus do in this moment he broke the lie that the only life there is to live is in the flesh He broke the lie, meaning there is no power there now. Aren't you thankful, my brothers and sisters, that you're not left under the curse of thinking that all there is to life is this life? I mean, literally, you are free from that. So then I would challenge you and say, don't bring that into the relationship with God. I would say, allow the Spirit of God to keep that idea and that way of thinking at bay. Because last week, what did Jesus say? Peter, get behind me. Satan. So tell your flesh, call it Lucifer if you have to, because that's what it is, and say, get behind me, 
You are not my dictator. Amen? Man does not live on flesh alone, is how you should say it. There is no living in the flesh. It's by every word. I don't live on the dependency of myself. Amen. Then the devil took him to a holy city. Watch this. Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. And he said, if you are the son of God, jump off. (laughs) For the scriptures say, now he's quoting to him. Watch this. He will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. He's going to take care of you. You won't have a little scratch on your body. God will, he'll spare you. Jump off, (laughs) jump off. You know, that's like the person who, and I've seen this happen. God told me to move and he didn't. And then they look for every reason to find confirmation on to move to Mexico or to move somewhere. And literally it was not the Lord leading you. It's that you had so you had a a side chick or you had a side job or you had something else motivating you to get there. Had a conversation with somebody the other day who I helped them just get a little bit of money through uh, the COVID situation. I told them, I said, what you should do is get a commuter car because you need something that's going to last at least five to 10 years. You don't need to show off anything. Just get something that's going to be reliable that you'll never have to worry about having a car again. Who cares about the look of the car? Just get something reliable. Three days later, he comes to me. He goes, you know, hey, man, um, so my dad was going to give me a truck and uh, I really like Silverado's. You think it'd be smart to get that? First of all, I was like, well, you could do whatever you want. I literally said, I go, don't do anything because I'm telling you to do it because then you're going to blame me. (laughs) But I'm just saying the wise thing to do would be to, and I repeated, get a car. And you know what he said to me? He said, okay, so then I should get a car. (laughs) And maybe I can have the truck too. I said, brother, you really want that truck, don't you? Not really want it, just free. No, brother, you want the truck. What year is it? It's like the 90s. Oh, yeah, it's a gas guzzler. But you want the truck because you want the look of the truck and you want to, you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. You're trying to make it make sense. It doesn't make sense. Do whatever you want to do. This is literally, I said, I am not going to tell you what to do. You do whatever you want to do, and I love you, and there's no lost feelings. Just You need to get it out of you. Get the truck. Are you listening to me? Jump off. Because when we do that, we fall right to the ground. And that is the mercy of God. And why was the devil doing this? What, what was the, the finished work Jesus was doing in this temptation of jump? Jesus, what did he say? Let me, let me show you his words. He says, the scriptures say, you must not test the Lord your God. That's it. You must not test. Why? Because if Jesus in his flesh tests the Father, that makes him the Father. It's only the Father that does the true testing. We don't test God. But if I jump, I'm telling God what to do. You hear me? Now, you might have heard this message before. Hold God to his word. Ooh, I'm about to just uproot some religion right now. Hold God to his word. You're supposed to hold God. When did God say this? No, no, I didn't say when did man say this. I said, when did God say this? 
And especially when did God say it to you? Because if it is only by what is written, that means I can go anywhere in the Bible and I can make God do whatever I want God to do. I don't hold him to his word. He holds himself to his word. Now, when I realize that, my relationship with the father changes. I'm no longer... (laughs) some of us, I'm not going to look at any parents right now. I no longer have the bratty kid like, nah, right? (laughs) Give me it. You're my parent. I'm not looking. I don't have that. I don't become that kid who's demanding God to do my will in the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm not that person anymore. And that's what that is. When he did that, literally Jesus by saying no was saying no for us. Yeah, yeah. When we really get that, we do. We say, thank you, Lord, because you did what I couldn't. I would have said, Geronimo. (laughs) I would have just tested. Yes. Then I'll have a testimony. The angels caught me. And I mean, people get weird. No, you don't test him because you're not him. Are you hearing me? Are you listening to the spirit of God and what's being said? The work of the Lord is finished. You don't depend on the flesh and you are not God. Those are broken in Jesus Christ because he has made it very clear. He has made it very clear. Listen to what it says. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. What was he doing in this moment? This, this, in the scriptures is very clear. Go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And I'm going to show you something. And I'm praying right now that as I read this, that, you know, like when you peel, when you peel back a curtain, like you don't see everything until the curtain's completely open, right? That's what's happening right now. That's why I'm, I'm slowing down because I'm pulling back a veil for you. Christ is having me literally pull back the most simplest veil. I mean, this ain't even complicated. This ain't even deep revelation. Like It's not like I went up to a third heaven and I'm telling you I saw angels with eyeballs all over their wings. And stuff. I mean, this is just not, it's literally flesh and spirit. The veil is being pulled back of works. He's saying, you can't earn anything. And as you're, you're like, you know, you want to see the, you want to see it faster than he's pulling. I mean, that's what you're like. Huh? I mean, you're, dang it, I, you keep coming out of me this morning. You're little, you're, <laughs> that's Jeff's little, huh? that's his thing. Oh, you know, when you hang around people too much, you start doing, but you're literally like, man, I want to see what's going on. I'm, I'm anxious. Slow down. There's a reason why God has not given you the full view just yet. Enjoy the process of the Lord in your life. Walk in step with God. It says walk in the spirit, not run, not sprint. Walk, slow down, look at what's happening, be in touch with it because, so you can appreciate this process because God is freeing you right now, right? 
If I could give you a different way to look at it, I would say you're on the surgery table and you don't want to... You're done, right? Slow down. It's, it's slow down. I mean, there's a healing process happening even as I'm speaking. In the supernatural right now, in the spirit realm, there is a true breakthrough happening for people right now. Listen to what it says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. Whew. For the world offers only, say only. So when only is only, it's only, right? It doesn't, there's nothing else. It's only, meaning like there's nothing else. So this is going to sum up everything in the world right now. It's going to sum it up. Ready? So the world, oh, man, I feel the presence of the Lord, Dad. I do. He's all over me right now. Huh? Man. For the world offers only. Say only. only. That means there's nothing else. A craving for what? A craving for what? And pride in our what? And? Come on. Can we just go home right now? Man, you just got the entire gospel. Once you understand that the world doesn't offer anything else but this, you learn to love the Lord. Because you look at this and you say, man, this is what Jesus did in the wilderness. Watch this. Keep reading with me. These are not from who? The Father, but from where? And this world is what? All right, so when people hear me preaching, fading away, it's fading away, it's fading away, it's fading away. Don't you go put on your Facebook, it's fading away, dash Tony Tabera. Don't do it. These are not my words. You're going to put dash First John 2, I mean, the Lord, amen. What the, this world is, say it again. Get it out of your system. <laughs> it's fading. Along with what? That people. Oh, there it is. So, so if the world only offers a craving and it's fading away along with everything people crave, it's fading away. Even what you crave is. See, the trick is, is the enemy wants you to think that you'll satisfy that craving. It's a craving that will, it will, that craving will take you to hell. That craving is the lure to hell. People don't even talk about this anymore. Like, it's like hell is a cuss word now. Oh, that's you right there. Oh my God, he said hell, I'm out of here. Throw your Bible out then. Tear out the pages that Jesus talks about eternal damnation and suffering and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Just have nothing to do with Jesus at all. Go back to the half-truth craving that you want. The Jesus that wants to bless your life on earth. Do you see why that's an abomination to the very teaching of Jesus Christ? And the word that works. That's an absolute abomination because this is the truth right here that it doesn't offer you God. 
only a craving. So what did then Jesus do? Because this human view will look at Jesus in the wilderness and say he was tempted by the devil. That's the human view. That, that's the view that you have when you don't have the spirit. You're like, well, Jesus was led to be tempted. But God's view, and this is where the shift happens, where now everything in your life should be from this view that I'm about to say. Jesus defeated the enemy in the wilderness. I don't need to do a 10-part series on that. You just need to get it right now. Jesus defeated the enemy. Exclamation point. Jesus killed the flesh. Exclamation point. Stop living in it. You are not a slave to the sinful nature anymore. I feel like Man, let me give you this example. This is my past. This is my future. The flesh says it is finished. The spirit says it is finished. Do you see the difference in those views? Paul said, I forget everything. You ready for this? Because I'm giving you some revelation. I forget everything that's... Everything is everything. You know what else Jesus put behind him? We got devil hunters in here, right? <laughs> Online, like people, demon hunters. I'm going to find out we're in the end times and all the world is going. Christ? When did you substitute Christ for signs? When did you substitute Christ's works, his finished work for something you want a craving for? Could it be that you crave something spiritual that's not spiritual at all? Could it be that the light in you is actually darkness? Because you're looking through the lens of the flesh. Could it be that you're desiring a perfect whatever and that is not from the Lord? I mean, just consider what I'm saying. That you have put all your energy and eggs in the basket of something that is burning and on fire. It is not going with you. No matter your situation, you have to say it is finished. No matter what you go through, you have to say it is finished. Because at the end of the day, there is nothing left undone in the Lord. And it's a, it's a uh, you have to, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm literally going to say it. Oh, man. I'm getting stoned. Man. You have to brainwash yourself. You have to brainwash yourself. It sounds so negative, like brainwash. Nobody will brainwash me. You're already brainwashed. Your brain is being washed with the world. And you need it to be washed with God. You need the washing of God to come over your very mind and cleanse you of your own self. You, that's what you need. You need to be brainwashed. In Hebrews chapter 12, you don't have to go there, but verse 1 through 3, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off, say strip off, every weight that slows us down, especially the sin, 
singular that so easily trips us up. This sin, and, and many of us who've been coming here know this already, but this sin is not the sin that is pertaining just to you. It's not saying like this, you know, lying or cheating or drinking. It's not. It's saying the sin, which is unbelief. Meaning that when you're alone and nobody else is around and you are unable to see that God himself is there. That's why you pick up your phone and watch porn. That's why you go and have a secret smoke or whatever. This is, these are the things that happen when you're completely alone. Now, there's a big difference between your flesh warring with you when you're alone and you know God is present and you're saying, help me. <laughs> then saying, nobody's here. No, God is there. God is there. And you need to know that. Amen? Because there's a great cloud watching. It isn't even just God. If you want to get real spiritual, God puts it on people's hearts to know what you're going through. I know because he wakes me up. Like one, two in the morning and he gives me people's faces. And he shows me exactly what they're doing and how to pray. If he's doing that with me, then there's a whole host of heaven watching everything. We are not alone. And when you're there by yourself, that sin that creeps in is. That's a lie. That's a complete lie. That's unbelief. That, that's what God wants to have you set aside that's so easy. You see how easy it is to do that? He's not talking about the blatant stuff. He's saying it's so easy to just act as if God isn't there. It's so easy to unbelieve. No. We do this. Watch this. He says, and let this run with endurance. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. He set it before us, right? What did Paul say? I forget the things that are behind me and I reach to the higher calling. I run the race, right? So there's a race. There's this thing set before us. There is something to do, but it's not something to finish. Even though he says we have to finish the race, he's, saw, he's saying on this side of heaven, there, we just got to keep running because there's going to be a day where I eh, croak. Right? I'm dead. That's the finish line of this life. But the work is finished. Amen. Hear me. Hear what the Lord is saying. It's very important. And, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We do this by... Going to every conference that's offered. <laughs> I had somebody come up to the, my doorstep. I'm almost done. I know it's been a long service, but can you believe it's 1130 right now? Seriously, I'm going to wrap up. Ronnie said, don't do that anymore, Tony. Don't do that. Nobody knows it's been an hour. I'm like, okay. I feel bad if I don't tell you it's been an hour. But I had somebody come to my doorstep and, and, and there was a, a season about a year ago where I ran into them in the gym and their relationship that they were with had fallen apart and they were in despair and they were feeling like there was no hope for that relationship. Now, let me tell you, if God makes a relationship work, it's for his glory. If God heals a crippled hand, it's for his glory. It's not so the hand could be made whole. It's that when everybody would look at that hand, they'd go glory to God. Glory to God. Like, everything is for the glory of God. 
So he comes in, he's like, oh, I mean, uh, I mean, we're in the gym and he's in despair. And I feel the spirit of the Lord comes upon me while they're separated. And it seems like no hope. And I said, the Lord said he's going to have you guys get married. Now, if you're in despair, that doesn't sound like good news. Matter of fact, it's like, stick a knife in deeper, brother. My God, right? Like, <laughs> I'm hurting over here. She wants nothing to do with me. Like, and you're telling me God's going to fix it? <laughs> Why didn't he fix it in the first place? Like, I mean, you just... And I said, the Lord is going to show you who he is through this, and you will marry this woman because God said so. He comes to my doorstep a few days ago. Hey, man, are you at the house? They're now getting married. We got invited to their wedding next month. Glory to God. Glory to God. And watch, you're really not going to like me right now, man. I am getting in trouble today, man. So he comes to my doorstep. And you know, when people have good news, you want to be there with them. Yeah, all right, praise God, right? You're getting married. All right, awesome. The Lord doesn't have me do that. He comes to my door, hooks us up with, he gives us gifts, right? Hooks us up with some shirts and he's like blessing us. And then he's celebrating about how he went to counseling and in counseling, he's got some healing because he figured out that he had some rejection issues with his dad. And so he got free and then he went and talked to his dad. And then his dad actually started saying things to him that he always wanted him to say when he was a kid. But now he was saying when he was older, he was like, this is so awesome because you know what? I'm so healed. And the spirit of the Lord, man, I mean, talk about raining on somebody's parade. I said, brother, glory to God. I said, I know you're excited. And I don't want to spill. I don't want to pee in your cornflakes, right? Like, I don't want to make life bad for you. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm just get, I'm letting you know because it's, what I'm about to say is harsher. And I said, you guys could get married and she die. Are you aware of that? Are you aware that you can get married and both of you fall sick? Like there can be tragedy in the midst of God's blessing. Like, and I go, brother, I know you came to my doorstep to bless me with shirts, but God has me give you a message that's going to bless your life. I'm not telling you to not celebrate. I'm not telling you to not be joyful. I'm telling you don't get caught up in it. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm warning you right now, don't you get caught up in it because you then are going to curse God. And I was silent. He just looked at me. I, was like, I'm, I go, I want to apologize, but I'm not going to. You know how that is, right? I'm sorry, but how can you be sorry after you told the truth? And he hugged me, and I'm going to tell you a secret right now. Everybody's flesh has a last-ditch effort. When it's dying and it's having that last moment of like, no, but let me feel comfort, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And, will you, and it is so perverted that it will use a legit thing, a death of somebody, or to like almost pin you down in the Lord where you don't feel like you can speak truth anymore. It'll do that. And he literally goes, you remind me of my brother and his brother had, had died and he hugs me and I'm sitting there as he's hugging me and I'm letting him hug me. I'm not pushing him away and I'm realizing that's his flesh wanting some type of comfort 
And when he let me go, I said, brother, that was your flesh. <laughs> I know this. Watch. I said, that was your flesh. That was not the Lord because you said your brother knew the Lord. So you should be rejoicing that your brother's more alive than you are. See, this is the stuff that gets Jesus killed. This is the stuff that gets people stoned. This is the stuff that's true because it really hits to the heart of the matter that at the end of the day, if we're truly believing God, then we have to know that his work is greater than our work. His life is greater than our life. What he has to offer us on the other side of this life is greater than what we're experiencing now. Amen? So if you have a loved one and, and you turn and you look at them right now or you got your kids and you turn and you look at them right now, they don't belong to you. I'm not saying these things to stop the, the, the rejoicing of the Lord. But what I am saying is that it is not the Lord. Did you hear what I just said? That the blessing that comes from God is not God. That we need to keep God in full view of he is the blessing. And, it, and what did Job say? Though he slay me, I will not curse him. That my life is at full display for the Lord. It, it, I do not have control of my own life. There's a, a scripture in John 19, and it's when Jesus is hanging on the cross. Are you getting something out of this today? You're not going to be mad at me. Nobody's going to be waiting in the parking lot trying to fight me or anything because this is bad. <laughs> but Jesus is literally our Lord, right? Our Savior, Adonai, our Lord. Not the name of Jesus, the person of Jesus, the real person of Christ, hung on the cross. And while he was there, he said what? It is, right? Those are, that was an eternal declaration. That was, that was everything that we needed in that moment. It is finished you need to write it down you need to put it in your phone you need to remind yourself every day it is finished and listen to what happens watch this this is I, it never stood out to me before until i was studying for this word i never i never even had this never had significance to me at all it is finished and he says and i quote i'm thirsty this is after he says it is finished do you know that everything that happened was meant to happen exactly how it happened? Like there was a message in a message. Like Jesus was declaring another message after he said it is finished. He was declaring another message through what took place. And no, I am not reaching right now. This is just God's wisdom. His divine wisdom. He said, I'm thirsty. And they put a, a sponge or of some sort and they filled it with sour wine or vinegar. They didn't give him water. On his last dying breath. I mean, the least you can do. He's been hanging there for hours. Body un just, just can't even recognize him. I mean, he's just completely dying and suffering. And he says, water, I'm thirsty. And they put a sour taste in his mouth. And with that, he gave up his spirit. What was he saying? What was he telling us as believers? It is finished. And the world will never satisfy 
He was giving the exclamation point that all the world will offer you is a sour taste. Even, even after the finished work, the world still has not changed. Look at what I'm saying. He didn't change the world. Have you ever heard that? That he changed the world? No, he didn't. He established a new one. And left the world the same. And it is finished. And now that it is finished, it's not. Now let's tackle the world. No. Now let's rest in Christ. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Human view. God view. I feel like we're in the next day after the fight. <laughs> the day of the fight, you got punched in the face. The next day, it's black and blue. Like, you didn't feel that the day of. We're in the next day. We're... What happened to you? Oh, right? You look like you got hit by a truck. No, you got completely sliced by a sword. And it penetrated to bone and marrow, to soul and spirit. And God is having his way. I want you to fellowship with each other. Normally, we'll do some takeaways, right? But I just feel like you should get with somebody after this. And you should just fellowship with them. If you need prayer, let's pray together. Amen. Um, I'll be up here if you need prayer. My wife will be up here if you need prayer. But you should get with somebody and say, man, this is really what it did for me. This is what, this is what God was speaking to me. Just one thing you should share with each other and either off, offer prayer or carry that or set, share even a victory, what God broke off of you, right? But either way, you should share it. You should take time, grab somebody, and, and open up to them and tell them what the Lord spoke to you. Amen? If you don't do that, you're missing out on a very crucial part of who Christ is. You're missing out on fellowship, right? Fellowship is the work of God. So as we close, I declare this over us and to the Lord. Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, say all glory. Say all majesty. All power. All authority are his before all time in the present, and beyond all time. In the name of Christ, amen. I love you guys.